Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a comedy writer having recently written for the delightfully silly puppet talk show earth to net and a podcaster co-hosting the long-running comedy chat show jordan jesse go along with creating the fantastic scripted comedy series bubble which on july 13th will be released in the form of a very cool looking graphic novel that publishers weekly called a quote recklessly fun hoot and holler of a ride as being adapted by my guest into an animated feature film please welcome jordan morris welcome hi hi it's good to be here hi thank you for coming on i really appreciate your time oh yeah happy to do it the uh the deeply unfair question that i i don't even know how i how would i answer that i don't even know but how are you uh, I am. I'm, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I had a, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, this. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it in terms of the pandemic. Hard not to, um, but also <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the premise of the show, so I don't feel too bad about it. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm past my, you know, two vax immunity dates, so I've been doing, you know, vax things. I got a haircut. I went to a movie. I've been seeing friends, and uh, all that stuff uh, has just been great. It's, you know, obviously it's, it's a little awkward in some, you know, in some way it's you know we're all kind of getting our you know getting our land legs back but um yeah it's it's all been it's all been pretty terrific and fun and just you know kind of those those ordinary things uh feel really good and cool so yeah i'm happy about that i'm um yeah and i'm you know my after you know show business was was pretty slow and my you know my felt like i was kind of three quarters employed you know the whole time and yeah. stuff's kind of started to pick up and i'm a little bit swamped again which is uh you know stressful in its own way but yeah it's kind of a nice little sign that you know maybe you know maybe maybe better days ahead so yeah have you been kind of dipping your toe back in as it were maybe incrementally you're finding that uh I don't know. I, f- I feel like that I've been a little bit overwhelmed trying to reacclimate to relative quote unquote normalcy. Has it been the case for you or you're kind of taking it step by step? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all a little bit weird at first, but for me personally, I have been surprised by how it doesn't stay weird, you know, like, um, yeah. You know, I, I'll I'll use the movie as an example. Like, obviously, you know, the concessions person is behind glass and, you know, there's, uh, you know, like roped off seats you can't sit in and, you know, you have to wear the mask except for when you're eating. And so I'm like, oh, all this is so, you know, still so strange. Am I going to even enjoy the movie, you know? And, you know, it was a little bit weird, but like once I sat down and the preview started going, I'm like, hey, cool, I'm at a fucking movie. This is great. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and you know, kind of the same thing with meeting friends. It's like, oh, you know, where do we sit? Do, are we inside? Are we outside? Are there too many people here? Is this place being responsible? So, like, it starts out a little bit weird, but, you know, I think for the most part we've picked good good places with good, you know, protocols and clientele. And, yeah, just after that little initial bit of weirdness, uh, it's like, hey, I'm hanging out with friends, and it's really great. So, yeah, it's the, the weirdness has been... Uh, m- minimal for me personally. Well, that's good. I'm curious. What movie did you see? Uh, I saw Wrath of Man, starring Jason Statham, directed by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, obviously, you know, probably gets a couple extra points uh, for being, you know, the first movie I saw, you know, in <laughs> in a year in a theater. So you know, it it uh, it maybe gets a, a couple of stars or points from that. But um. Yeah, you know, I like Statham, I like Guy Ritchie, and this is a fun, you know, crime crime caper. Um, 
yeah, that I think might be might have been a little bit forgettable had it not been my first post pandemic movie. But um, since it was, I, I you know I think I'll probably always remember it. <laughs> yeah, it feels in a weird way like it might be kind of the perfect way to kind of ease yourself into both going out in public, but also in a way cinema with that movie of, you know, it's not asking for too much heavy lifting, but that's good. It's not going to overwhelm you in that regard. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not, you know, like I imagine going to see some of the like, you know, very well made, but emotional, you know, Oscar bait type movies would have been, you know, a lot. But uh, yeah, just kind of a kind of a fun, well made caper. Um was what turned out to be pretty great. That's nice. I'm always fascinated by Guy Ritchie's career just to see the trajectory from like, we're going to do King Arthur and that's going to be part of like a planned six or seven film trilogy that uh, was a one and done situation as much as actually I think that movie's kind of fun. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. That's uh, That'd be an interesting an interesting watch. Yeah, it is always kind of funny when those franchises don't take off. <laughs> yeah, with that one, I will tell you as my, my ongoing selling point for that movie is that the opening scene involves giant giant elephants that are under a spell by a sorcerer okay all right and the sorcerer is on the back in like this kind of like palatial looking estate on the back on the backs of one of the warring elephants so arguably it could be you know a little bit downhill from there because that's a hell of a starting point (laughs) but man the attention getter is very much an attention getter okay it's fun i don't know how to transition to this because i this is one thing that always struck me you had something that well, first person I've talked to actually, who has had the one-on-one John Taffer experience. Oh yeah, and it was an experience, or was it that you were in his uh, presence as long as it took to be introduced to the concept of talking about a haunted bar? <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, I along with uh, my buddy and, and then coworker Matt Myra, we were on uh, the TV show Bar Rescue. It is a reality show that basically plays round the clock on the Paramount Network, uh, once Spike TV, now the Paramount Network. Uh, you know, and it's kind of a Kitchen Nightmares thing where this guy, John Taffer, a bar expert, uh, you know, kind of goes into these failing bars and gives him a little tough love, tells him to shut it down. Uh, that's kind of his catchphrase, shut it yeah. down. And uh, yeah, and then they kind of remake the bar. And sometimes it's cool. A lot of times it's, you know, they make it kind of cheesy and theme restaurant-y. Um, um, but you know, it's always kind of fun, uh, just to like, you know, see the like, you know, kind of divey local bars from a particular city and yeah. And so part of that show is, um, you know, they send in recon people. So like the idea is like, here's some locals who are going to tell me what the bars really like. This is before they make it over. And yeah. And they cast, yeah. uh, me and me and Matt Myra, uh, we were both big fans of the show. He knew somebody who knew somebody who, you know, worked in production over there and just said like, Hey, you know, me and my friend were fans would, you know, if you ever, you know, need something from us, would love to do it. And they said, if you want to be the recon guys, we'd love to have you. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really fun. We went to this kind of, you know, strip mall bar in San Diego that they said it was haunted and yeah, and Taffer was really nice. He kind of came over and talked to us a little bit before the shoot and just shot the shit with us and was a good guy. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah. I, and to kind of watch him come in and do the shut it down speech was really cool. He basically does it in one take. What you what we saw in the bar was what made it onto TV. I was really like, um, you know, impressed as to how authentic it was, like what, what I saw there at the bar is basically what they put on TV. 
Um, yeah, so it was it was cool. I gained, I gained a lot of respect for like him in that show. Um, so yeah, I, I I like became a bigger fan after having been on it. So it was neat. It was a neat experience. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm always just curious with somebody who I guess in his case, you know, he was like this professional who has this seemingly like absolutely like charisma and presence about him. Yeah, I guess outside of like having a literal physical presence, because he seems like a giant guy. <laughs> He's a big man. Yes, <laughs> he seems man. like it. He seems very big and commanding. But just the, of how that goes with, you know, is it that they're going to try to be what the concept of the show is? Or is it just like they cannot not be themselves? They have to be themselves. And he seems like he just has to be himself, but in a great way, honestly. Yeah, you know, he's he's definitely, uh, you know, a, a Mark Cuban type, a Gordon Ramsay type. <laughs> yeah, just these these yeah. uh, these kind of like compelling, <laughs> these compelling weird millionaires. Um, obviously, you know, uh, there's some bad compelling weird millionaires out there who maybe we shouldn't be pointing cameras at. But uh, yes, sometimes sometimes they're a lot of fun. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I don't know how to subtly transition, so let me just point it out, and that makes it better, I guess. With Bubble, your podcast came out in 2018 that was uh, now been turned into a graphic novel, which is really exciting, coming out July 13th. First of all, congratulations. That's Thanks, so man. cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was a real thrill. I've been a, been a comic books uh, guy since I was a kid, so yeah, it's like such a, such a cool thrill to be able to help make one. Did that come about? Kind of, uh, I guess, in the thought process of the podcast, which, oh, like, oh, this would be really cool to turn this into a graphic novel. Was that a consideration after the podcast? Yeah. I mean, the podcast itself is very, like, comic booky. you know? It, it is a, you know, it's a sci-fi comedy, and it's got, you know, uh, monsters and robots and blood spray and gore. And so it is very, like, you know, it is very, like... You know, it it is a comic booky product, so you know it's it's it yeah. wasn't like a huge stretch to think that this you know kind of like over the top sci fi story could be a comic. It was like, oh yeah, that fits pretty well actually, and uh, yeah, and it was kind of the the it was proposed to us by um uh, our uh, our editor over there, Callista Brill. She got in touch and uh, uh you know was like I like this podcast I think it could be a comic what do you think and yeah we were kind of just off to the races um the publisher first second they publish a series of comics about uh uh based on a podcast called The Adventure Zone this is a D&D podcast from the McElroy podcasting family very funny mm-hmm. and uh yeah and I think that was you know and obviously that is a very like you know, easy transition to imagine because it's D and D it's high fantasy. It's, you know, um, you know, wizards and dragons and monsters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I think they, you know, that, that series has been a big success for them. So I think they, you know, kind of liked the idea of finding more scripted podcasts to, to do that too. And, and yeah, and I think it's, I think it's worked out pretty good. Obviously we, um, you know, it's not on sale yet, so we'll see how that part of it goes. But as far as like artistically, it was super fun to make, and uh, you know, the uh, at least the e versions that I've seen have have turned out really good. That's so exciting! Yeah, it looks from what I've seen, just well, I guess for the most part the cover, but it looks beautiful. It looks so good. Thanks. Yeah, it's really exciting. The um the artist uh, is Tony Cliff. Uh, he is a really really great comics artist who I was a big fan of before we were, you know co-workers on this uh he does the delilah dirk series which is kind of like a swashbuckling um you know all ages uh, adventure that kind of like 
there's a globe trotting element to it. So he is a very like he has a very like kind of beautiful style and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and he's like great at fights and great at action. So like the fights and the thing just look really cool. And um, the colors are by Natalie Reese, who does a great cri- uh, uh, series called The Dungeon Critters. And she definitely put a real like psychedelic spin on the colors. It's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of like alien landscapes and creatures and forests. And she definitely kind of went very Jack Kirby on it and, 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 uh, added some like very like neon psychedelic colors that, um, uh, were just so cool. And I think just like add to the, add to the cool feel of it for sure. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a great looking book. Um, and I co-wrote it with a, uh, comedy writer that I love called Sarah Morgan. Uh, I say called because she is British and that's, I think how she would say it. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and and uh, yeah, we we just had a ton of fun together doing the script, and then um, you know Tony was very like hands on on making sure we were doing the comic stuff right, and uh, yeah, it was just a really very fun experience with a very like cool group, um, two of which happen to be real comics geniuses. I'm speaking, of course, of uh, Tony and Natalie. Was was most of it written during the pandemic, or is it more written uh, no. in advance? Yeah, with, so we, okay. It, it takes a, comics take a long time, especially a, like you know this is not monthly comics, so it's not like you know an issue that comes out every month. It's a you know it's a big a big book, you know, a big yeah. two hundred seventy page book. So it takes they take a very long time to make. So yeah, I think we were doing some definitely some kind of like revisions and proofreading type stuff during the pandemic but um yeah most of the writing was done um in 2018 and 2019 so yeah i guess presumably it's fairly locked in i guess considering it's then going you know you only have so much i guess flexibility when it comes to the actual getting to the part of oh okay now we're committing to the artwork of this yeah and there's only so much you could do at that point yeah definitely you 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 know you want to like change the script um uh, you know, that's like the first thing you want to get locked in is like, okay, let's make sure the script is the way we want it. And then there's kind of a, you know, a preliminary phase in comics they call pencils, uh, where you get mm-hmm. something back that's a little more of a sketch. Um, and then you can kind of like see how the dialogue works in the balloons and see how it works on the page. And uh, then you can kind of make some, you know, dialogue changes. And then, you know, once it's once it's inked, uh, the step that they call inked, then then the dialogue changes you can make become a little bit more minor. And um, yeah, and we still did. We still, you know, kind of messed with it and punched up some jokes till, till you know, the 11th hour. But um, but yeah, the bulk of the writing was done um, a couple years ago. When I saw it, I've never asked somebody this. I'm, I guess somebody with a graphic novel. I'm just curious, like, how far in advance of the release date does it have to be, like, quote-unquote locked in with everything that comes after that, I guess? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's kind of, like, phases, you know, where okay. it's like, yeah. here's here's what we can change and when, you know, so... um. So yeah, there's some kind of minor things that you can change fairly, you know, um, you know, relatively close. But there are other things that you, um, you know, you have to have locked in really early. That makes sense. I, I just, um, I don't know. I guess my large point of reference for stuff like this 
can be just basically this is just like movies and sometimes you read about oh yeah it's it's really coming down to the wire oh man they're they're editing and all this and right. granted those are extreme considerations and a book is a dramatically different art form than that in that regard so yeah i was just wondering um, yeah i mean sense. we uh, again this is all stuff that i certainly didn't know going into this and um you know Tony and Natalie and, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned our editor, Calista Brill, and then we had kind of a day-to-day editor named Allison Wilgus, uh, who is a great comics writer herself. She does a series called Cronin that is kind of a time-traveling um, uh, samurai series. And, um, and you know, and she was very, like, available and hands-on to, like, explain to Sarah and I, like, here's what you need to do by when, here's what you can change, here's what you can't change. So they were very, like you know, understanding and kind about the fact that we hadn't done this before. So, um, yeah, so it was really just nice to have that like support system. Uh, they're, yeah, they, they were a, just a, such a great company to work for. That's so cool. I, I was curious about this too, that I know I mentioned the intro, but I guess you're in the process or it was just relatively recently announced in the last, or I guess within the last year, but that a bubble was being adapted into an animated film. Yes. Which, Congratulations again. Oh, that, thanks, again, man. that's yeah. wild. Are there, and this is an ignorant question, but are there dramatically different considerations when writing a script for an animated film versus just a live action film? Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I have never written a live action film before. So I don't, yeah, so this is my first, like, you know, this is my first motion picture experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't, think a ton i mean i've worked a little bit in animation before like i've worked in tv animation and i know in tv animation like you know it is very you know inexpensive you know they have the the budget is uh a top of mind so like there's things you're not supposed to do like you're not supposed to like come up with a ton of new backgrounds for instance uh backgrounds are very expensive in tv animation um so, you know, the idea is, can this scene happen somewhere we've been before? Do they have to be on the moon? Can they be in their house? And uh, yeah. new character designs are um, uh, are are also very expensive. So, um, you know, there's a lot of like, does this have to be a new character? Can this be someone we've seen before? Can we put, you know this older character in a new hat and have them do this part so so being economical yeah that makes sense yeah because i think kind of you know the idea of something that makes tv animation you know financially viable is that you kind of build these little worlds and and you know you can kind of reuse them so um yeah and you know that's a little less of a consideration for a movie because you know it's it's you know, you're not, you're not, you're not there to reuse it for a hundred episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, that it, it hopefully, I mean, obviously you don't see a lot of like science fiction for grownups in animation. So, you know, uh, we don't have a ton to compare this to, but I think, you know, the idea is that we could tell this story in a bigger kind of crazier, you know, way that just, lets the imagination run a little bit more wild than if it was live action. So yeah, I think that's, that's, I think hopefully what they're, you know, what the thinking was behind making it animated. No, and that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I guess it's like anything else. It's, 
different, but maybe not just dramatically different in terms of what you're doing. It's still a visual component. It's just the difference of maybe being less limited as to what you can portray in an animated film as opposed to a live action, I guess. Well, yeah. maybe not, depending on the budget. Maybe you can put sorcerer-controlled elephants, war elephants, <laughs> in both your animated film and apparently your live action movie. So there is that. And this is a semi-related question, but also completely different. What do you think is the best monster? The best? Oh, you know, it's funny. We did a... Um... Uh, Sarah Morgan and I did a podcast called um, uh, We Got This with uh, Mark Gagliardi and Hal Lublin and they their premise is what is the best blank and um, uh, we decided that the best monster is man the best monster always man so you know in all of the you know, great monster stories uh, man turns out to be the greater villain I can't really argue with that yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough I have to listen to that podcast, although, you know, obviously I know the answer, but I definitely want to hear the discussion about that. Yeah, tons of fun. And then I'll just be silently nodding my head to that. <laughs> do you find yourself being, and maybe I know the answer to this based on what we talked about, do you think that during the pandemic, I guess whatever this constitutes, that you've been productive? Yeah, I have been pretty productive. I Yeah, I did a, I did a couple of kind of, I've done some things that haven't been announced yet. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I won't mention those specifically, but I can <laughs> vaguely say that they exist. Um, yeah, so I, I I was really lucky to be, you know, t to have projects, um, you know, which I know a lot of people didn't and, you know, had to kind of make their own and do stuff that was unpaid or lightly paid, which is, you know... Uh, uh, so so challenging, um, but yeah. So I, I I I was productive, but I definitely had stretches where things were slow, or it was like just you know hard to <laughs> hard to produce because of how emotional everything was, and it's hard to concentrate, sure. and you know you definitely go a little crazy in your house. There's you know not the structure that comes with going into an office. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's uh. Again, I guess like the question of how are you, it's kind of an unfair question, but I was just curious about trying to, as admittedly where I'm like trying to take stock of, again, not like that it's ending, I guess, but it does feel like it's in a, a happy decline, I suppose, yeah. all of this, which is nice. I guess I'm just like fearful. I want it to end. Absolutely. No question about yeah. it. But uh, I just want to be on the right side of it, I suppose. And I guess like anybody else just trying to navigate whatever this is there is no playbook for of course. how to handle it you know just trying to do right by other people mm -hmm. i guess and myself <laughs> again whatever that means but right. uh, i guess we do what we can i guess uh in lieu of the fact that things are in a happy decline uh, and we're kind of going up that um what are some of the things you're looking forward to this summer if in in the theoretical summer of course where yeah there where things relative get better and not worse <laughs> yeah. um yeah, yeah you know i don't i don't have a i don't have I'm sure I have answers that you've heard a lot before. I'm, you know, trips and family and, you know, just going into a restaurant because you heard it was good and, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, just that that's, that stuff all just sounds great and kind of, you know, maybe, you know, obviously, like, hard to say, like, well, the good part of the pandemic was, because that's a <laughs> yeah, exactly. pretty bad take, but, um, yeah. you know, just, just, just hopefully, you know, um, it'll, all that stuff that, you know, maybe we took for granted or that seemed kind of ordinary will just be like extra fun and nice. So yeah, I'm I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm looking forward to that stuff. 
Agreed. Agreed. Again, I don't, I don't know what that will be. I just know, uh, I just want to go out and not feel existential dread and fright. Of course, yes. <laughs> as, a, as if that wasn't like, I guess that was also pre-pandemic and inter-pandemic and <laughs> yeah. in theory post-pandemic. Stuff's but, always uh, out there. <laughs> maybe it'll be more subconscious than deeply conscious. That'd mm. be nice. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I just appreciate your time and I don't want to take too much more of it. But what all do you want to point people toward before we wrap it up? Uh, Yeah, no, I think I think, you know, we, we, we were talking about it. I think I just bubble is uh, coming out on 713 and um, it is available for pre-order. You can definitely pick it up in the store. Uh, on 713 but uh, if you pre-order it that makes sure you 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 get it ASAP and uh, it really like helps the book it really like you know tells bookstores that people are interested in it and tells publishers that <laughs> maybe people would want to read a sequel so uh, yeah so definitely if you uh, if you have a, a local indie bookstore that you love uh, give them a call and say you want to pre-order the graphic novel bubble and uh, but yeah but it's also available on uh, on your favorite e-commerce and chain bookstore sites as well and you can do it you can do it any of those places but um yeah check out those those small local shops if you haven't been in in a while they uh um, they appreciate they appreciate the business absolutely yes and and wherever possible support local businesses by all and any means for sure yeah thank you again for doing this this was great oh thanks man yeah this was a fun chat thank you all for listening please stay safe take care i think wear a mask i'm honestly not sure but (laughs) just get vaccinated either way that'd be great please And uh, yeah, stay safe and take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.